Welcome to Creekside. Man, there's just something so powerful about singing together and just having some space from the clutter of our thoughts and the clutter of the city. And I don't know, I just felt like that was sacred this morning. And um, I'm excited to share with you guys some things I've been learning uh, the last couple weeks. I feel like um, I'm getting opportunities to... um, you know, kind of be still and kind of receive and then opportunities to practice it out. (laughs) And sometimes I fail and sometimes I succeed and then I I get to see the fruit of what happens when when I start living it. And so this morning, I want to share just one of these things that's very practical. Um, It starts with a little bit of vision, but I hope we can land in a place that is, um, it can be helpful for all of us, no matter what you're going through. Um, no matter what age, no matter where you live, I think that the truth of God is universal to every human. And um, so, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But let's just thank Joe and Afton one more time for that music. Man. <laughs> Woo! So awesome. So, um, uh, me and my brother Jackson, back here, who was playing drums, we just got back from a trip to Fiji, and um, we have a, an amazing relationship with a lot of churches in Fiji, you know. Um, I'd say we're connected to 50-plus churches just through relationships, and I used to live there as a missionary, and um, when you think of Fiji, I'm sure coming to your mind is the postcard and the hotel, because that's what's advertised, but And those are there, you know, and it's beautiful and it's amazing to go and relax on a tiny little island surrounded by the most beautiful water you've ever seen, all that. So, but Fiji as a nation, um, the reality is that it's, it's a very, um, I don't, ancient culture that's still going today. And the people in a lot of the villages, um, they're still living the same way they always have for thousands of years. They speak the same language. They cook the same way. Um, a lot of these villages up in the mountains don't have, you know, electricity in the homes, running water. I walked into some houses up there going with some Fijian pastors, and um, the people start crying because I'm the first white person to ever come into their home. And it's just... It's insane. You think that's like, it feels like going back in time. And um, I love these people so much. And like, it was so good to go back and just see their faces because it's been a long time since I, I've been there, a couple years since COVID and everything. And um, funny thing is, so we went there a couple weeks ago just to touch base. And when, when we landed, we had to go do three days of quarantine, um, you know, just to once we got there. And as soon as we walk in the, the hotel we're staying at, um, one of the people is like, get ready, here comes a cyclone. Here comes a cyclone. And I'm like, what? And like, right now? Like, we just made it, you know? And then they're like, get ready, it's, it's coming through Cyclone Seth. And I was like, what? Does he know me? And now literally the cyclone that was coming was called Cyclone Seth. It was named, and I was like, what are the chances? You know, like the time I finally come back. Here I show up, and now showing up right behind me is Cyclone Seth, and so we were like, okay, here it goes, and cyclones are super powerful. I don't know if you guys have ever got the chance to be in a hurricane or a cyclone. Happens every year in Fiji, and, you know, during the storm season. It's intense, and what happens is three, four, five elements all come together, and it creates this compounding explosion of energy in the ocean, and... Um, luckily, the cyclone, for some reason, got de- downgraded to a tropical storm. So I guess they called it X-Cyclone, Seth. <laughs> they start calling it X-Cyclone, X-Cyclone. And, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing what happens when um, the right elements come together. And uh, this is kind of what I want to talk about this morning. Um, and what I've been learning is kind of the, the power of community. And when, when individuals choose, it has to be a choice, but to come together and work on the same thing. It, it has this 
cyclone-like energy. And so the title of the message today, it's not going to make sense at first, but hopefully it will. It's called Finding the Portal. So I'll kind of define what I mean by that, but we're going to be digging in Ephesians 3 and Matthew 11. And so you guys can kind of put your finger there in your Bibles or on your phone. And um, I'm only reading some text, but I encourage you guys to dive in there, you know, maybe this week while these ideas are still fresh and read all of it because it's so dense and rich. And I literally just wanted to come up here and read like two straight chapters, but Gordy's like, you know, I don't know, we should just keep it simple, you know? <laughs> I'm just like, you're right, you're right. Okay, so I just encourage you guys to, to do that. Um, <clears throat> so let's dive in. Is that okay? Righty. So we'll start in Ephesians 3, uh, starting verse 4, and we'll put it on the screen so we can just read it together. And um, so I'll just kind of read two texts and then have a few stories and hopefully drive it home. So starting in verse 4 in chapter 3 of Ephesians. In reading this, and I just want to say this is the Apostle Paul. So in reading this then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. And I just love, Paul has kind of a inflated confidence. <laughs> He's just like, you're going to read this and you're going to know I got insight. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. It's easy to read the Bible, you know, in a way that's stale, but that's like a funny thing to say. <laughs> you know? In reading this, you're going to see this is deep. Um, and it wasn't made known to people in other generations. Paul's announcing something um, progressing and something new. Um, in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. And just hold on right there. I just, you know, um, I think Paul was kind of crazy because um, he's kind of saying, you know, the Jewish tradition has a lot of truth, but it's time to move forward. And this is intense for him to say this in a Jewish culture. <laughs> this whole city is built on, you know, the economy of the temple and the Jewish religion. And Paul stand up and saying, you know, we had the good old days. And those were good days, but there's more. And, um, you know, prog progress is scary. So, you know, Paul went through all kinds of stuff if you read the New Testament, he got, you know, resistance. And this is why, because Paul has a vision of the gospel that is expanding. And I just want to say one more thing, as Christians, or if you, if you affiliate yourself with the vision of life as Jesus Christ, like to his vision, it's a, it's a hopeful vision. I just got to it's an optimistic um, growing into goodness vision. Jesus says it's like a seed. It's going to slowly fill the earth. This kingdom, this love, it's going to slowly fill everything. That, that is Jesus' vision. And it's funny how oftentimes in churches I can hear not a hopeful vision, but it's like this whole thing's going down. <laughs> but to Jesus, it's like easily, effortlessly expanding and going up. So, it's funny how sometimes we too can get stuck in a tradition, you know, like Paul is facing right here. When I think, what if, what if we need to um, step into a mindset that maybe our grandparents, I respect all, everybody we're standing on the shoulders of, big time. But the way our grandparents saw the world is not the way we see the world today. And I'm not, that's not a negative thing. It's just the world's become smaller. We, be, we become connected. My neighbor speaks Russian. And at the office, we're dealing, you know, this is a different world we're living in. And so I wonder if we, if we have the, the trust to grow and not just cling to the past. Um, the past is good, but the gospel is a life of growth. So, just moving on from there. This mystery 
this vision is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, let's just substitute that word Gentiles for outsiders, because that's pretty much what it means. This mystery is that the outsiders are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers, this is a funny word, together in the promise of Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying it's not just the people coming inside the temple. God's, this mystery includes everybody. And we'll just keep going. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Paul, Paul received it. Um, and Paul made a radical change in his life to receive it. <laughs> and I, we're going to see it a little bit today. Although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the outsiders the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Just That's fancy language for saying Christ is, is Jesus defined himself as the light. This light is applied to everyone. The administration of this mystery, <laughs> which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. So he's acknowledging again there's something moving. It's not all... It's, what's happening on the earth is, is going somewhere. Good. <laughs> this is Paul and this is Jesus. Um, we fast forward a few verses. I'll just keep reading a little bit. For this reason, because of all this, I kneel before the Father. And the subtitle of this in, in my Bible was Prayer for Spiritual Strength. So this is kind of the theme. Is if, if anybody in here is looking for strength, Paul's about to pray for us, and this lesson is about that, <laughs> how to find it. So for this reason, all that, from whom, you know, it's every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We're all connected to the same source. If, if your source is only connected to some people, that's not the vision of Jesus. If, if your spiritual source is only for some, you're, you've left the, the teachings of Jesus and you've been captivated by the traditions of man. There's something in us that likes our group, likes, likes the club, and a new kid coming into the club, whoop, <laughs> this is our club, you know? There's something in us that does that. But the teachings of Christ is... Sorry, guys. He ripped the walls down. Um, keep going. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. This, this is where we got to learn how to draw from. Something in here. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, not in ambition, you know, not in intellect, not in smarts, not in degrees, not in money. We got to find our, if we can root our being in love, there's this explosion of strength. Um, and may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Whoa! Not less than. It's like, what? What is he? This guy is crazy. This guy is. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we all, uh, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that has worked within us. How many of us have heard, memorized this scripture? It's applying specifically to a vision of life. It doesn't mean... You, no matter what you're chasing, um, you know, God's going to do it way more than you want it to happen. It's specific. This, this promise, this proclamation is, if you root yourself in love, a big love, then, you know, um, he's able to do measurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work where? 
dude. And this is a revelation I've been working on is like, sometimes I, I imagine that God is way out there. And I'm like, please, God, come down and do something in this situation. And I'm trying to beg God to speak out of the sky and my ears are going to hear the decibels. And I've done this. I've, I've walked the beaches and screamed out in Oregon on, in the coast, you know, we, where I live, you know, with these guys for a couple They live there too and walk those big Oregon beaches screaming out, God, speak to me. If you're really there, speak to me, speak to me. How many of you guys have done that? If you're really there, where are you? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm listening. I'm not hearing anything, you know, and just being honest and wrestling it out. Where does God speak? Where does he work? He's telling us, right, like, we gotta, we got to change our gaze. And there's a lot of tradition that's going to tell you not to. But I want to listen to Paul. I want to listen to Jesus. Um, so maybe that's something you, we can start. I believe God's already speaking to every single one of you guys. We just don't realize it's God. <laughs> and we're, we're waiting to hear something with our ears. <laughs> See with our eyeballs. But listen. Whoa. If you get quiet, get away from all the clutter, all the noise, all the pride in your heart. Give it some time. Whoa. Deep wisdom is going to start coming to you. From where, you know? So we keep going. Um, is that, that's the end of that one, right? To him be the glory. We've got to do it. We're in church. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's just like, you know. Okay, so I'm going to couple this with a verse in Matthew from Jesus. So this is a teaching from Paul, and we're going to combine it with a teaching from Jesus. And... Um, yeah, so short verse, couple, couple sentences. Jesus says, you know, the one who is the perfect embodiment of God's character, the one who represented God perfectly, who was God, who is God, who, who lives in us. This is what Jesus says. Come to me, you know. All who labor and who are heavy laden. So if anybody ever says a prerequisite to coming to what you, coming to your source, coming to God, you left the teachings of Jesus. But it's natural, you know. Um, and I'll just say this too. Sometimes I see a little bit of Jewishness in Paul. Because Paul was very trained and steeped and grew up in it. Sometimes in Paul's writings, he's still trying to work it out. What is the love of Jesus? And sometimes Paul even, no, it can't be that, you know, or you got to do this. And so sometimes when I'm reading the scripture, Paul will say, don't take this as scripture. I'm trying to apply Jesus' love to my context, and he wipes out a little bit, you know, and Paul admits it. So it's good to keep that in mind um, because Jesus says everybody who are heavy, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's a process. It's not something we just come in here and raise our hands and say, I believe, you know, and all of a sudden, no, we're learning. It takes time. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So it's good to think of God as your teacher, you know, um, and when, when we embrace that, we'll start being taught. And then this, this, is, this is where we're going today. For my yoke is easy. <laughs> you just got to sit on that for a second. It's easy to read. Following Jesus' vision of life will lead to this experience, it's easy. If it's hard and if it's heavy, you left, you left Jesus' yoke. 
This is like one of the foundations of my spiritual journey is remembering this. <laughs> Man, if it's getting heavy on you, you're in traditions now. You're in pride. You know, what's heavy is needing all the answers. And you know what's even heavier than that is needing to be seen as having all the answers. That's heavy. You know what's heavy is needing to be better than somebody else. Comparison is heavy. Needing approval is heavy. You know, these are our things. Um, and it's scary how much we're, we're shaped by not, not Jesus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's crazy once you start to just step back and, whoa, this anxiety in my heart to be this for this person, that's not mine. You know, and so you take it off. Okay, I, I surrender that. You know, God, man, if I fail at this job, you're still there for me. You know, it's okay. If everybody thinks I'm a failure, it's okay, because that's not my source. Peace and joy, fulfillment is with Christ. So let's just keep this in mind. You can write this down. The, following the, the teacher is easy, and it always leads to a natural light burden, always. And I grew up in a lot of, in a lot of, I was taught a lot of things that by the time I was 18 years old, I was so lost in a storm of guilt and shame and unworthiness, a feeling of unworthiness. I couldn't even look people in the eyes. And I needed, it, it, I think it comes to a place where it's not even a choice anymore. You're either going to break under the weight and under that mess, or you're going to be willing to say, okay, let's, let's take another, let's relearn. <laughs> let's really relearn this thing. Who is God? Who is Jesus? What leads to a good life? Where is peace? We just get, come into a place and say it's time to relearn. That's a big step. Um, so there's, there's our two texts. Whoa. I just want to pray for all of us right now real quick, just for spiritual strength, you know. Um, I believe that there's so much more to church than just hearing good ideas, right? So maybe we just, let's just do it. <laughs> let's just do what we're always told to do. Um, so if you guys just pray with me. God, just before we get into these stories and ideas, and um, we just humble ourselves before the one who is behind all this. And I ask God for every man and woman in this building that you would fill us with a new strength. Fill us with a new resource. Fill us with, we need wisdom. We need um, softening. We need hope. And I just ask God that during this time, we come to you for it, and we just ask, will you give it to us? Will you give us what we need this week? Will you give us what we need today? And I say this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, finding the portal, the title, I kind of defined portal in this way. Uh, the last couple weeks, it's funny because... You know, we're talking deep and stuff, but actually the last few weeks have felt pretty light and easy to me, <laughs> you know, and I just want to say that unashamed, like, I've been, in, I've been on a roll, <laughs> and I'm just going to say it, it's, it's crazy, like, and I'm, I, when these moments happen, when I expect a struggle and I expect it to not work, somehow it seemed like a back passageway was opened, and I like, whew, slipped right through to the front of the line, <laughs> like, and I'm just going to tell you two stories real quick just so you kind of understand what I mean. But I'm wondering if there's been some of these kind of secret passages available to you. And I think there are. And I want to, and the funny thing about the easy yoke is you can enter it and then you can leave it, like even within a conversation. 
So, um, and this is just, just a funny portal. This is when it started happening to me. I was, I was stoked to get some, some powder. <laughs> Powder's awesome, right? But what else is associated with powder day? <laughs> uh, long lines. Traffic, exactly. 224. Angry people racing for the powder. And so I was getting ready for all this. And it was, this was like a month ago when we had that streak of storms. And here's the secret portal. One word. One word, my friends. Skins. Skins. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Skins and split board. So I woke up early in the morning, 7, 7.30, and I was like, oh, man, powder day. It's going to be nuts. I get on the road, and there was nobody. I was like, whoa. Cruising on the road, get to the mountain, start my hike. So enjoyable. Sun, sunrise. I was like, wow. Just cruising. I get up to, I'm not going to tell you guys where, but I found this secret spot. And it's actually up, you go up home run, so it's all, it's all nice and safe. My wife, it's all good. <laughs> she knows. No, and so you go, up, you go up, but then I found some mountain bike trails to, that are no, normally buried, but, um, and it was buried, but it's a little traverse path. So once I got up as high as I could, I started traversing over to the steep and deep zones where you, it, you can't really get unless you want to get all technical with your hiking, which I'm not. So I traversed over to these steep runs. And I, you guys, I've always dreamed, and I've never gotten it, to be the first track down a, down a steep powder slope. I've never done it. I thought you had to go to Alaska to do it. Even when I, if I'm like first chair or almost first chair, there's always tracks. It's like, where'd those tracks come from? And this morning, that morning, I was the tracks. There was nothing. And I was like putting my board together, just like, what is going on? First time in my life. And it was steep and just started going and floating. And it was the first powder experience of the season. And it was, it was everything you could dream for. And I just enjoy it, you know. I'm like, I'm not filming it. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to be in it, just, you know. And just like getting speed, and just, you know, zero whatever, you know, uh, vibration. vibration, you know, you're floating through water, it's, it's a, you're flying, and so I get to the bottom, and you know what I saw? I was so pleased. There was such a huge line at Crescent, almost, it looked like a mosh pit for a concert, and there were thousands of people angry, and as I skied by, like parting the freaking mosh pit, I'm covered in ice and snow, and my beard was all snowy, and People are looking at me like angry, and I'm just like going through. And um, I heard one guy just be like, "It's so busy. It's the it's there's so many people." And I'm just like, "Not for me." Soon. And I go down, get in my car, and I'm like, driving home might be a mess, because uh, coming up to the resort was a mess, and there was nobody in my lane. I'm just like, Mwah. and that's when it hit me. I was like, I found the secret portal to skiing, like, I, like without having to go to Alaska, and it was so amazing, so I started, I even said to Joe, my wife, I was like, I was like, I found the secret portal, this is, that was so nice and easy, and in the fullest experience, so keep journeying, I'll just tell you guys one last story, we're flying to Fiji, I'm gonna give you guys a little airline tip right here, I'm getting ready for check-in security, check-out, get to L.A., check-out check security, check-in, bags. We had oversized luggage. You know, I bought my tickets separate, so, like, flying to L.A., it was a separate trip than flying to Fiji, so our bags, I was like, oh, no, that was a big mistake. And so I'm expecting all this hassle. I get to the airport, got our oversized bags, and for, for some reason that day I was like, I'm just going to ask people for help. I'm just going to do it, you know? I, I don't know why. I was just feeling it. I was feeling free. So I walk up to the line. I was like, and it was the one, one lady doing the thing at the baggage check. And I just throw our oversized luggage up there. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, we're actually not stopping in L.A. We're going all the way to Fiji. And I bought the trip separate. You're not going to see it. Um, 
and I just, I just went for a big ask. Sometimes just going for a big ask. I was like, is there a way you could connect it all the way through and waive our baggage fees? <laughs> and honestly, she didn't say anything. She just started typing. She printed up a slip. She had a little smile on her face, slapped it on our, our bags, and she said, your bags will see in Fiji. And I was like, do you need my card? You know, aren't you going to, like, do all that? And she's just like, have a good trip. I was like, what? You know, like, high five my brother. I'm like, dude, the role is still going, you know, <laughs> the secret portal. And so we, we get going, and um, this just one more. We get to L.A., and I'm like, okay, we, gotta, we at least got to go check out a security and come back in. And as soon as we get out of our plane, we're walking into the, the gate, and I was like, I'm just going to ask this person if there's an easier way. So I'm like, excuse me, sir. You know, he's like one of the gate guys. Excuse me, sir. Um, yeah, we got to go out of the domestic um, portal. Or what's it? Is it called the portal? <laughs> terminal. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The domestic terminal. We got to walk all the way down to Tom Bradley International. We're flying to Fiji. And is there an easier way? And the guy goes, see gate 23B? Just walk in that. And I was like, whoa. I was like, there's no signs. Like, there's no. S-. I was like, okay. So I was like, Jack, just. And it got to the point to where we were about to walk out, and then 23B was there. And nobody was there. So we just, like, walked through, and I was kind of like, are we doing something wrong? And as soon as we walked down to the tarmac, and then a door, and a guy opens the door, and he's like, come on in. You know, I was like, I've never done this before. Is this, is this normal? You know, we got pilots in the house, you know. It's probably normal, but for me, it's not. And so we get in, and there's a bus waiting for us. And in the bus were, like, flight attendants and people is this normal, Ryan? Dang it. <laughs> so there's flight attendants, and they, they're like, we walk in, and my brother had a massage gun in his hand. So the ladies and the guys were like, oh, we'll pay you to loosen up our shoulders. We're like trying to get to our next flight, and we're having a joke in time, and it's all awesome. And the bus, it stays behind security, drives us straight to our international gate, and all we have to do is get out and sit, you know, and go sit at our gate. I was like, another portal, and we're walking out, and I'm like, I'm so stoked, and just high-fiving my brother, and out of pure reaction, Jackson stops, and this is like, as we're kind of entering the international zone, the terminal, and as we're walking, Jack just out of pure reaction just goes, oh no, I forgot my gun, and he yells, <laughs> not kidding, and I saw people in uniform eyes go big, like, and I was like, and I was so quick to jump in there. I was like, massage tool, massage gun tool. Here's his massage guns back there. And, and I was like, Jack, I was like, you're going to get us, you know, we found this shortcut and you're going to get us kicked out. I'm like, dude, you got to think before you talk. You know, and Jack's like, dude, that was crazy. I should not say that. <laughs> it was so funny, man. But anyways, the whole point is that when you're in the, in the flow you can very easily, out of reaction and without being intentional, exit, exit the flow. And it's funny how you guys can explore this in your own life, but oftentimes when we're operating out of reaction, it's usually out of a place of um, fear or anxiety or pride. And Jesus is teaching us how to walk in a way of love that is easy and when you do it, and it becomes a habit, Jesus says, everything you're looking for will come to you. You know, Matthew 6, Everything will be added to you. Just walk with me. So, you know, we, in those moments, you know, some, it's really good practice to actually, um, I'd say before you guys get into a big conversation where you know there's conflict, or before you start your day, to, to quiet down, and be intentional, and make, make a little, you know, and pray, kind of, and it's amazing how when you slow down, oftentimes, when you slow down, and you're not in the moment, you're, you very naturally root in love, it's easy, <laughs> what's hard is when you, you don't have a game plan, and you're just like, oh no, forgot my gun, you're out of here, you know, and then you were rolling again, we're trying to learn the easy way, so just a, a, little, a little tip is, um, you know, we got we to gotta slow down. We got to be a little bit intentional 
with our day, with our words, with our life, if you want to walk in the power of God's Spirit. Um, and all that to say, my flow and my role, um, I also had a few times in the last couple weeks where I felt the total opposite, and I felt totally buried and overwhelmed, and I just felt like I couldn't do and be what I need to be. And I kind of had a freak-out moment at my house, you know, with my, with my brother there and my, my wife. And I was, in that moment, I was trying to, to be the one who holds it all together. And I snapped. And, um, you know, like, in, in those moments, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's humiliating, but it's also awesome. Because it's a clear sign that, whoa, I'm not in the easy yoke. I'm carrying stuff that's not mine. And so if we've totally embraced who God is and embrace what it means to be human, you know, once we're, it's the, the result, the easy fruit is ease and light. So um, I would say instead of, getting mad at ourselves, you know, and I'm working on this too because it's not very productive to just beat yourself up. It's really not. That's not how God works. That's not how the Spirit of God works. He never just beats you up. We kind of have a phrase. I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, man, God just hit me over the head with a two-by-four, you know, like people say that all the time, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm all about, like, sometimes God does bring in a pretty drastic shift in your life, but most of the times when I hear these stories, it's not God that's smacking you over the head with a two-by-four. It's just your circumstance, and you made a dumb choice, just to be totally honest. And I ask myself, you know, sometimes I'm like, God, why, do you, why are you making this so hard? He's not. <laughs> I'm just doing it hard. <laughs> and I'm chasing things that are empty and just heavy. So um, learning the shepherd's voice something that Gordy talks about a lot, is part of this. Like, in Christ is no condemnation. How many of you guys have felt condemned inside yourself the last couple weeks? Me and my wife. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> How many of you guys have heard a voice and inside, and it's like, you idiot, you know, what are you doing? Let's try any more takers. You guys are, like, more spiritually mature than I expected. <laughs> yeah, that condemnation voice wasn't God. I'll just tell you right now. We lie a lot. It's hard to tell sometimes, especially when it's a habit. That condemnation inside was not God. That's usually coming from a pride, prideful place. And it's funny, you can break three or break free of your vices when you stop beating up yourself. That's like the beginning. So um, one time I just heard it said like, if, um, if somebody talked to you like the way you talk to yourself, would you be friends with them? <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, no way. You freaking idiot. You know, that's, we left the way. We're not walking in it in, in this life, the life that Jesus gave everything for us. So maybe before you even start thinking about talking kind to people, um, we can start with talking kind to ourselves. And, you know, usually in our closest relationships, where we're always around, say, your spouse or kids, you usually talk to them how you talk to yourself. And that can get ugly. So if you want to be kinder and deal with problems and find solutions, um, it's not going to start with you beating yourself up and then you beating up people around you. <laughs> it's not the way. Only love can make a way. And we got to learn what that means. And um, I just want to share kind of this last idea. So we've talked about the easy yoke. Hopefully that can kind of stick. 
Um, realizing that, you know, you don't have to be everything and do everything for everyone. I wish we could just let that go. <laughs> Erase the whiteboard. You don't got to be everything for everybody. You, are, you have a gifting from God with unique passions. And once you just be that, and then my, my trick was allowing others to be what they are with me, then you start to get this synergy and the cyclone and the storm of power. When we're not all being the ear, you know, classic Christian metaphor. We're not all the ear. We're not all the mouthpiece. We're not all the nose. And all those things are really nasty by themselves. It's not going to be good for anybody. And so when we finally come together in our differences, in our uniqueness, there is an amazing gift of God that happens. And it talks about it in Ephesians 3 and 4, that once we come together, do you know what's given to us? It says um, a fullness from God and an unshakableness and a peace and a joy and everything you're looking for that we, we're trying to get so desperately from a lot of things actually doesn't come by just directly snatching my success and being happy. It actually comes indirectly as a gift when we come together. So I'm going to tell you guys one last story, and then we're going to close. Um, so I've been, I've been wrestling out this project for five years of how, how do we... Um, how do we work with the Fijian villages and produce an amazing coffee and export it and bring it here and create jobs and lift an entire community out of poverty? That's pretty much been my driving passion for like four years. And it's so frustrating because I got to deal with government stuff like approvals, FDA, customs, you know, working, 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 and we've slowly made progress, like, do, 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 do. And there's lots of different pieces, like, you got to coordinate with entire villages who don't speak your same language, who don't see life like you, who have lots of need, but they might not trust you, and I have to learn how to communicate and train and create a passion, because I'm, like, telling these guys, you know, if we can do this, this is going to transform your life, and so we're going to build a team, and so I've been working, we get to Fiji, and a, a big part of our trip two weeks ago was um, just seeing our, our pastors and coffee guys in the villages. And w there's one piece we've been missing, and it costs a lot of money, and it costs a lot of expertise that I don't have. And what it's the machinery um, and a warehouse to take the cherry immediately. That's part of good coffee. You've you got to pick it out of the jungles and get it to a warehouse. I'm not going to build a couple hundred thousand dollar warehouse, you know, and I don't have the time to, so we've been kind of, that was part of the reasons I freaked out a couple weeks ago, because I was like, how are we going to do this, but I, you know, I believe we can, but I couldn't see a way, and I just popped, and we get to Fiji, and we heard of this guy, there's a lot of rumors going on, a lot of stories about this guy, you know, he actually started a coffee operation during COVID, and he was born in Fiji, but he's lived in other countries. And I have a lot of, I guess, scars from trying to work with, um, like, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But, like, I just didn't want to talk to him. I was like, I don't want to kick the bee's nest, you know. It's just going to, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. And my brother just, like, stopped me in my tracks. And he's like, he's like dude, why, why don't we try to partner with this guy? And I was like, because he's a chump, you know? He's trying to take advantage of whatever, you know? And I got these reasons. I've heard these stories. And Jack was like, um, we got to get face to face. If that's the truth, that's good. But Jack, who, Jack it's funny because Jack isn't a suit. He doesn't thrive off of confrontation. Jack wants to keep the peace. And this is probably the one time in our life when I was like, I don't want to get into it. And Jack's like, let's do it. You know? And I, we just reversed roles. And Jack said something that was so deep, and it was, I always want to remember this. He said, there's always room in a rumor. I was like, whoa, dude, that's deep, deep stuff. We're going to preach that. 
(laughs) There's always room in a rumor. Always. And there's a grace that's given when we're face to face. So we got to just one one little practical step is we got to get away from our screens and indirect communication a little bit. That's good at times. We're holding grudges with people we've never sat face to face with. And it's wasting our energy. And we never sat face to face with them. It's been rumors. It's been whatever. And part of setting us free is just saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I've had a lot of issues with this person or with this tenant or with this customer, you know, with this neighbor. And we never sit down face to face. You know, and Jack was like, let's go. This is, this is too big of a step. It could be too good of a thing. So we're like, okay, let's go. So we drove to town after we got out of quarantine, went straight up, meet this guy. We didn't know it then, but he hadn't been to his, it was a warehouse, an amazing coffee warehouse. And he, sometimes he goes in, sometimes doesn't. COVID's been rough on him. He can't sell coffee. He can't get beans. He doesn't know how to communicate um, with a lot of the people. And that's my jam. I love, all my friends are the Fijians, and I love doing projects with them. So we show up, and he was there getting out of the car the same time we were. And as soon as we walk up, I noticed he was like, you know, two white guys walking at me. Oh, that's the Fijian guy who does co- I know, I've heard of those guys. And we expect competition, you know, naturally. It's competition. And we walked up, and I was like, I don't know if it was just me, but I was feeling, you know, I was like, is this going to be a conflict? You know, are we about to kick the nest, you know? Like, and we show up, and I, the first thing out of my mouth is I just tried not to plan it out. I tried to just... And I just said, how's it going? I was like, I'm Seth. Jack's like, I'm Jackson. We do the coffee. He's like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, would you, would you have a few minutes to sit down and talk? And he kind of looks at us, and I think he didn't really expect that. But he's like, okay, you know, let's go in. So we go in. Long story short, like three hours later, we're just high-fiving each other. And what we're bringing to the table is a solution for him. What he's bringing to the table is a solution for us. And all that whole burden I had of 200 grand or whatever it was going to cost and all that, <laughs> gone. And, you know, it was, and I was like, this is a portal. You know, this is a secret portal. Like, why are we teeing each other up with so much competition when God is calling us to community? It's very different. Like, how many competitions do you have in the relationships of your life? God is calling us to community. So let's write down just one thing to reflect on this week as Joe comes up and just kind of leads us. In a closing song, I really believe in this space before we, you know, exhale and kind of exit, I think the Holy Spirit has something for all of us. And so it's my heart and intention that during this music for three, four minutes, what if God speaks to you? You know, listen. Like, it's important. It might be the, the solution to your week. <laughs> so, um, here's the question. I'm just going to, I'll say one more thing before the question. You know the Apostle Paul? Before he joined the team, did you know that he was... He was the biggest enemy to the Jesus movement. Did you know that? Did you know he was killing people who were believing Jesus' vision of life? Like he was bringing them to court. He had, he had permission from the government to do it. He was against it. He was an enemy, okay? The Apostle Paul. And what shifted was God spoke to a man in the silence of his house. Ananias. This is Acts 9, you can go read it. And he said, Ananias, go to Saul. Go to that guy who has the power to kill you and pray for him. Pretty much meaning, don't go with a fight. Open hands. And when Ananias did it in faith, something shifted and ignited in Paul 
that nobody could expect. There was no reason to think this could ever happen. Something should be ignited. Paul literally became the most explosive force for this new way of life, for this new kingdom. He wrote most of the New Testament. A guy who was the enemy. So, we got enemies. We got this. Here's the question to bring into your week, to bring into conversations, to bring into your religious practices, your thoughts. What's your priority this week in your conversations? This is a deep statement. At first, it's like, what does that mean? Is it more important for you to be right or to have right relationships? There's a difference. Dude, it is, a, it is so freeing to just say, I'm going to stop telling people all the right answers. You know? I want to do that here. I want to do that, you know, I want to share what I'm learning. But... I'm not going to carry the weight of needing to know the perfect gospel. And, you know, it's good for a pastor to want that, but actually it kind of takes you out of the zone, (laughs) weighs you down, cuts you off from inspiration. What's more important for you guys, to be right, to be correct, or to be connected with people? And this is a powerful shift. Like, so this week, it'd be so cool to hear stories from you guys this week, this month. What partnerships have you formed, even out of enemies? You know, I'm, I really believe that this partnership with the guy in Fiji is going to be explosive. This is an amazing breakthrough for us. And there, I think God's waiting for you guys too. You know, the solution isn't in you. It's in fixing your relationships. <laughs> Join together. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.